Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Yeah, and you know, one of the things what I like about athletes is, you know, when there's when there's challenges that that you need to overcome, a lot of athletes just plow right through them. Um, I don't know if it's we're not smart or we're just, I don't know if we're thick-headed. I don't know what it is, but um, we're very resilient to be able to overcome challenges and, and and still be able to think while challenges are are smoking us in the face. Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Real Estate Lab podcast. In this lab, we decode the stories, secrets, and skills of the most brilliant minds in real estate investing, then turn their wisdom into practical advice and knowledge that we can use to boost our income. And now, let's turn it over to our host, V. It's a great day to be alive and to invest in real estate. Do you want to get more done with the limited terms that you have? Are you a business owner or a business operator? Do you even know the difference? Hey, my name is Viku and I'm the host of the Real Estate Lab podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of my podcast. Now, in today's episode, we will be learning from a hockey star who dropped out of school and actually signed with the St. Louis Blues. He's a nationally recognized speaker, mentor, and trainer who specializes in helping customers build their businesses through automation and outsourcing. He owns four businesses and helped start it, one of the nation's largest, largest real estate coaching programs. If you are in the real estate world, you have probably heard of them before. Now, this company actually have the same initials as Facebook. That's the hint. If you want to find out what company that is, you have to pay attention to today's episode. Now, since 2004, our guest has done over, over 700 transactions and is currently the owner of Riva Global LLC. My guest today is Bob Lachan. Now, his company focuses on offering trained real estate virtual assistant to people like us. Real estate professional. Why should we go with someone like Bob and his company? What's the difference? Why should we pay a premium to companies like this to staff virtual assistants for us? As real estate investors, we know that we need to hire helps when it comes to things like contractors, plumbers, structural engineers, roofers, um, CPA, lawyers. But when it comes to virtual assistant, most of us think we can do it ourselves. And some people don't even think about hiring virtual assistant because we tend to be lone wolf. And we want to do everything by ourselves. But in our own businesses, many of us actually do well being um, a lone wolf. That's fine if that's you. But I know I just cannot get things done by myself with the limited amount of times that I have. So when you think about doing everything by yourself, 
you are a lone wolf and you are a business operator. Now, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you like to do. But if you want to achieve more, a lot more, you will definitely, definitely need someone or even a team behind you to take the workload off of your plate so you can play to your strong suit. Whatever that strong suit is, whatever that zone of genius is, um, you need to be operating within that and let someone else take care of other tasks for you. Now, and Bob's teams is actually one of the best. I'm sure you will thoroughly enjoy listening to this episode. Now, if you love what you hear on the show, share it with your friend. Subscribe on iTunes and give the show a five stars rating. Also, leave a review. And after you listen to this episode, if you love what Bob shared with us, send him an email and just let him know how much you like the content or if you want to get his help and his staff to help you with your real estate investing test. His email is bob, B-O-B, at revaglobal.com. That is R-E-V-A-G-L-O-B-A-L.com. And that is also his website. All right, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Lab Podcast. I have Mr. Hockey, Bob LeChange here with me. How are you doing, Bob? Very good. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Hey, out of all the years that you play hockey at the collegiate level and even professional, what was your biggest injury? And do you still have all your teeth? <laughs> That's a funny story. I'll start with the teeth first. My front one right here is fake. Um, but my biggest injury is probably, I probably had three knee surgeries. It's just the, uh, just meniscus, but my cartilage is pretty much not much, not much left. But other than that, um, got a couple uh, pucks to the face, a couple sticks to the face, but uh, part of the game. <laughs> hey, now you're still standing tall and you still could go play tennis later today. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Nice. Nice t- uh, Tito's and tennis day in a little while. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> there you go. Now, jokes aside, um, how exactly did you learn to go into invest in real estate? And I'm interested to find out exactly, in particular, to your short sale story, because I know you did a tons of them at yep. one point. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. Um, well, I, when I played hockey, so I played professional hockey from, I'll well, probably off on times now, I'm dating myself, but. Um, I retired in 2004, but prior to that, you know, I was in Europe playing, playing hockey and I had to decide if am I going to bring my family over to Europe? I had, my first son was born at that time. My wife was very successful in medical sales industry. And I had to decide, am I going to pull my family out of that and, you know, still, uh, have the pipe dream of making the NHL or not, because I was playing in Europe and I had decided a uh, family decision is to hang up the skates and jump into something um, other than uh, working for the man. So that's something happened to be after, you know, reading all these books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, et cetera, um, jumped into real estate. So right when I jumped into real estate, um, this is back in 2004. So we're 16 years ago. Um, You know, my first deal was a rehab deal before I got into short sales. I 
I learned from a, an investing book that I bought out of farm areas. So I drove around neighborhoods, um, looking at any property that was beat up, you know, high grass. You know, I've heard some of your uh, podcasts talk about this stuff before, high grass, roof, all that kind of good stuff. Needs a new roof. So what I would do, though, is I would actually either door knock and or if the property was listed, I would call the real estate agent and I'd say, hey, could you get me in, et cetera, et cetera. Give him my spiel. Um, I'm a, a rehabber because I thought I was a rehabber at that time. I didn't know. I mean, I, I just retired from hockey and I'm like just some knucklehead off, out, of the, out of the hockey locker. I knew, I knew nothing about business, right? Uh, so anyway, I got into this one property um, in West Hartford where I live. And uh, right when I opened the door, real bad smell of cat pee. And I'm like, all right, I learned something. I read in this book how to get rid of it. And a lot of people turn away from that. This is, again, this is back in 2004. There's a lot of different ways of getting rid of smells now and different types of things. But so I ended up making an offer. Properties listed for 175. I think I made, I made me offer at 135, and they accepted it. And uh, my first thought was, Oh no, what the heck am I going to do now? You know, again, I didn't have contractors. You know, I didn't have I didn't have 135 thousand dollars sitting in the bank. I had you know probably half of that, but I didn't have all of it. And I didn't know private money, hard money. I didn't know any of that. So I uh, ended up um, you know, going to a mortgage broker, found the money, went to a newspaper at that time, a rare, uh, what was it, uh, uh, Hills, Foothills Trader, and I found a couple of contractors. I interviewed them, ended up hiring them, and uh, made 32 grand my first deal, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's not uh, bad. Yeah, but I found out pretty quick, though, be that uh, I had no systems, I had no marketing, I, didn't have a, I did not have another property. So I'm sitting there like, all right. What do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> What's next? So um, the next step after that, to make a long story short, um, I joined a, a local real estate investment group, just like a lot of you know, your your listeners as well, and meetup groups. We, we didn't have meetup back then, but same concept. And uh, I made it a point to ask who the top investor in Connecticut was. Um, they had appointed the same individual, uh, Pat Precourt. I went up to him. I said, hey, Pat. Are you looking for anybody to you know, work with? I'm not asking for a dime. You don't have to pay me anything. I'll work all commission. I just want to learn the business from ground up. He happened to be the top short sale investor in uh, Connecticut at the time. And I think probably nationally at the time. And so I ended up uh, door knocking for a year straight on pre-foreclosure houses. And um, you know, we ended up doing seven, 800 short sale, 100, uh, short sale transactions. And this was... Still back in 2004? So 2000, I started working with Pat right after that flip. Okay. Four, five, six, seven, eight, all the way for 10 years. Uh, him and I were actually working um, in the short sale world. And what happened in the short sale world, you know, in, in 07, 08, 09, that's when stuff fell off a cliff. But uh, within that time, Pat and I actually helped start two different real estate education coaching programs. Uh, in the meantime, one was based around short sales and the other one was based around um, all of real estate, flipping, wholesaling, buy and hold, et cetera, uh, while we're investing in real estate. So we did a lot of different things. Um, we set up a loss mitigation company as well, which did short sales for uh, other investors, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, while I was investing, I, I was looking at um, not only my own business because I had a, a lack of time left in my business to do actual tasks, and uh, I was looking for help, you know, outsourced help. In 2013, um, I got introduced to what a virtual assistant was. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I'm talking 100 miles an hour. I don't know if you want to, you want to interject with some questions, but this is my 17th cup of coffee today, so I'm rocking and rolling. Oh, you're, you're doing good. I, one thing I do want to uh, mention, though, I just got back a few, from a mastermind a few days ago, and what I see a lot of things old are becoming new again. And it's interesting what you just said there is that back in 04, 05, 06, almost everyone made money back then in real estate. They made a lot of money, not in short sales, but in something else. And most of the short sale people that I know, they made money back in 08, 09, and, and beyond. So I'm just interested in trying to see, understand, because you're an expert in this, what's your view of what's going on today? Where do you see we are going in this market? I would definitely get educated, re-educated if you're not educated, I guess, educated on how to do short sales or on how they work and or build your team with someone who knows how to do short sales, whether it's an agent, an attorney, title company, uh, because they're coming, right? Because, you know, obviously what's going on in the industry right now uh, with all the forbearances that were happening and what happens with forbearances over, you know, history repeats itself. When you stop paying your mortgage for a little while, what happens is if you're still unemployed, obviously, of course, very difficult to, to start paying. But what happens is even if you were employed and you stopped paying, a lot of times what happens is habit comes about and you spent all of that money anyway. And you're only, you know, if you can't go back and, you know, depending on how your, your loan was restructured, a lot of individuals are going to have a tough time paying that first payment. And if it goes into default, it's just a snowball what happens from there. Right. And I remember like one thing I hate about doing short sales, I did this back in 08, 09 as mm -hmm. well, was how wasteful it was for us investors to just wait on the phone for someone from the bank to answer. Sometimes you just sit and waiting, the, waiting for someone from BFA for like a whole day <laughs> just to talk to somebody. Oh, back yeah. day, man. You're, you're, you're giving me nightmares right now, V. You're giving me nightmares. <laughs> but what's i'm glad to have this conversation with you right now because your company river globals uh you guys deliver comprehensive real estate train virtual assistant so how exactly do you like um like your staff help with this so our staff one of the biggest pain points you remember this back in you know when you're doing short sales is is collecting all the documents right now uh, you know you have a you need an updated pay stub. You need an updated, you know, W-2. You need an update this, updated that, right? Um, virtual assistants can go actually work with you as, you know, a loan processor in essence, right? To where mm -hmm. you're gathering, virtual assistant can gather all of the paperwork. And then whenever you need an updated piece of paper, you can have the virtual assistant call the homeowner to get that information directly from you. So you, the principal of the transaction, don't have to waste your own time while you're, you know, if, if what you're what you're doing is sitting on the phone working with banks, you don't have time to collect all of that paperwork and put it together. Right. Yep. So, I mean, that's just one thing you, your, your staff can do. What are other things that your, your staff can help with investor in, especially when it comes to different niches within real estate? Yeah, great question. So, you know, obviously the short sales are one niche, but we have a lot of clients that run the gamut from real estate investors that do rehabbing, wholesaling, um, property management, and real estate agents. So if you put it, if you put, um, 
if you look at the real estate professionals as a broad kind of stroke, mm -hmm. we have real estate agent clients that have different tasks. You have real estate investor clients that have different tasks, property managers, um, and, and you can even look at um, uh, loan originators or, or mortgage brokers as another kind of line. Um, if you break those up and there's tasks underneath those, we could cover some of those if you want to go go there or you let me know, you know where you want me to go. Yeah, so break down the tasks that you can have your staff do. And then also, I'm, I'm just a side note, I see that your company also provide virtual assistant for medical field. Yep. Could you touch on that as well? Absolutely. So my wife runs that business um, and we have doctor's offices. We have dentors, dental offices that um, are really inundated. If you look at the cost of bringing, out, bringing in a... a um, in-house employee, you know, here in Connecticut, it's going to cost you at least fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars for somebody to come in and work inside your office to answer phones, to call insurance companies, to do insurance verifications, as an example, right? Right. Some of the tasks that our virtual assistants do that save a lot of offices um, a lot of money. Okay, I see. So the Talk to me about the on uh, onboarding process. Is it the same with the like a medical side or and the real estate side? Is it the same process that you walk everyone through? Yeah. So the onboarding, we break it down very simply. We have a recruit. So our virtual assistants are out of the Philippines. Um, we have a whole recruiting department where we bring in thousands and thousands of applications, and our recruiting process is very simple. We source, meaning we get all those resumes in. We screen for them and we look through each and every one of those resumes to make sure that they have four-year college degree, they have certain type of experience. A lot of our uh, VAs that come in have already have call center experience um, okay. for our company. We go through two different interviews, initial interview, final interview. Uh, we look for things like English proficiency, communication skills, limited accent, um, what type of capacity do they have, um, problem solving, et cetera. And then we also finally run them through what we call a systems check. So we check out what their operating system looks like, their system specs, um, speed test. And so what that means in, in, in just to break it down, it's we look through their computer and we see what processor they have, how much RAM they have, make sure they have enough speed, some disk space. The reason why we do that is we want to make sure that when they're talking on the phone through their computer, it's not crackly, right? They have very good reception. Um, we also have make sure we look at what internet service they have and what backup they have. So just in case the internet service provider goes down, they have backup for um, you know somewhere else to go to make sure that someone's business doesn't suffer because of uh, a, a systems check malfunction. Right, and since we're talking about onboarding your VA, do you use any kind of personality test to find out who would fit your company best? Yeah, we actually use disk profiling. Okay. Real type profiling. Um, and it's a very good question because um, I don't get that question that often, uh, but it's a very good question. So what we do is we have every single one of our VAs go through a disk profiling so we could see, you know, are they high D's, high I's, high S's, high C's? What that means is that um, typically, I know we don't want to go off on a tangent of talking about this. No, no, no. This is good stuff because a lot of people 
trying to find VA, uh, you know, on by themselves. They don't want to go through a company like yours. Yep. And the stuff that you've just been talking right now, I bet you 95% of the people out there are not thinking, you know, it's, yep. who goes and check for RAMs on a computer? Right. right. You know, checking for internet speed. Like I'm a network engineer. I would usually ask for stuff like that, but yep. normal people wouldn't ask for it. Yeah, and those are some of the things I would highlight. Whether you use a company like mine or some other companies, you know, definitely look at those. Look for those things, um, and it's. I think it's really, really important to make sure that you know that um, your VAs have a certain type of background that you want. I always go over the four R's of of when you're looking for four R's of hiring and, and roles, responsibilities, requirements, results. So once you actually, before you even start, you, you want to know what role you want to hire for. And this is a, a question I get, I get a lot. I get, hey, Bob, so help me figure out. I know I need to offload some stuff on my plate. You know, I'm, I'm a real estate investor. I'm a wholesaler. Um, what do I actually outsource, right? Whether you're a wholesaler, rehabber, agent, doesn't matter. Same process. I tell them to grab a piece of paper, put a line in the middle and write down what's your most uh, your most income-producing tasks and your non-income-producing tasks. And what you'll find out on the non-income-producing tasks, the list is going to be really long, and then the income-producing tasks are going to be a lot shorter. So once you start looking at all of those lists, you'll see what role that you want to fill. So for instance, if it's social media management, you don't want to be posting on social media every single day. It's just a, a big time suck out of your day because it doesn't put money in your pocket today, but it does brand you. Outsource that to somebody else because you know it's going to get done every single day. Uh, another example will be, let's talk about uh, type of lead generation. So scraping leads, right? So you're either scraping buyer's leads or seller's leads. So if you're, if you're a wholesaler, you're building your buyer's list, going to all these Facebook groups, joining all these Facebook groups, putting up a, a, Google, um, a Google form within that Facebook group saying, who's buying today? You know, input your information right here. We got killer deals. So they put that information in, it goes to a Google sheet. Now your VA is gonna pick up the phone and call every single one of those buyers to vet them out to make sure that they have money and they're buying today. Because we know there's a lot of our buyers that have gone by the wayside you know, since COVID, um, but now you want to know who's got the money and who's buying. So your VA could do that. Same thing with LinkedIn, Google, Craigslist on the buyer's lead side. Um, even you mind if I keep rattling this stuff off? I'm That's fine. Yeah, this is good stuff. All right, I know you're not talking too much. Sorry, man. No, no. I mean, <laughs> you have to understand I am your target customer. So this okay. is the chance for me to learn from you, the expert in this field, because I have not had much success in uh, hiring VA on my own. So I'm very much just like learning. I'm you at the professor in this room, basically. I'm babbling too much. Feel free. <laughs> I'm going to shut up. I'm okay with it. I'm good with it. Uh, on the yeah, this is good stuff. <laughs> so on the seller lead side, you know, under lead generation, we talked about a little bit about the buyer side. Um, like I said, same thing with the Facebook groups. You do LinkedIn groups and then jump on Google, scraping leads and, and having your VA do all of that for you. Seller lead side, the same thing. Um, one of the campaigns that our VAs run for us that works very well, we just closed on a $12,000 assignment. It was a Zillow for sale by owner. Um, well, I also invest in real estate. I don't know if I said that at the beginning, but 
I didn't, um, I do. <laughs> so <laughs> you still do. Oh, right you still now. do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's one of the things that uh, you know. Once you're passionate about real estate investing, it's tough to tough to jump away from that industry. So it's like an addict. That's exactly. You cannot get get away from it. Can't get away. Good deal. You want to buy it. That's right. So I'll give you a little uh, a story about the Zillow lead that we got. So we have a VA going every day um, under first sale by owners. But we go in not only the first sale by owner, but up on top on Zillow, we click on the for rent. And what we're looking for are either out-of-state landlords or tired landlords. So obviously, they're looking for, it's a vacant unit they're looking to fill. So mm -hmm. our VAs scrape those leads, they text them, and they ask if they're interested in a cash offer. So this one particular property is in Summers, Connecticut. Um, it was listed on Zillow. This was, it was listed on Zillow, either for rent or for sale, right? They, they said either or. Right. Ended up, it was listed for 100 grand. We ended up buying it for 70, flipping it for 82. So okay. that's a big number, right? But that's a big right. number. So our, what our VA did was he scraped all those leads, text message back and forth, trying to gauge seller motivation to see if they're interested in a cash offer. And they gave them a range of what to expect. So mm -hmm. that they raised their hand. They said, yep, that $100,000 is negotiable. Boom, it goes right to our acquisition team. My partner, Adam, gets on the phone, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, ended up closing, got a check on Friday, actually, for uh, 12 grand because we wholesaled it. But that's mm -hmm. a good example of how to use a virtual assistant um, through Zillow. I call it a Zillow offer system. Um, right. And so just, I'm curious, is this something that you already trained your VA to do? Or do I have to tell them, here's my system, do it my way? Either way, um, I train, we created training here at Riva Global. I created training for Zillow, uh, Facebook Marketplace, and also Craigslist. Kind of the same system. With the end result is to gauge seller motivation. If a seller raises their hand, they say, you know what? I am negotiable on this price. Boom, that goes to our acquisition team. So that the VA, what they do is they do all of this time consuming stuff that takes a lot of time out of our day and just hands us off the stuff that may turn into money, right? Because think about this. If we're working every single day in Craigslist, uh, Zillow and Facebook Marketplace, who's building our business? Who's running our business? Who's raising money, right? Who's building contractors? Who's doing all this stuff that that is going to help us grow, right? So that's the idea of getting off of, you know, those tasks, like we talked about, income-producing tasks, non-income-producing tasks. Um, you know, so that's a little idea. I also have my, one of my virtual assistants, I'm here in Connecticut, and we have a, uh, we have pre-foreclosure site. It's our judicial website through a government. And every single day, there's new, what are called Liz pendences, since we talked, mm -hmm. you know, it's notice of default in some states. Those are- right. Homeowners who stop paying their mortgage, um, this is where they're actually filed. So, mm -hmm. so the, the NED is filed. Yep. Yep. So this is where our virtual assistants scrape every single day the new filings. But what we're looking for are a couple of things. Number one, individuals that do not file an appearance. So if the homeowners don't file an appearance, they stop getting letters from the bank. The summons from, or from the court. Sorry. They stop getting the information from the court. So as soon as a sale date hits, so in Connecticut, our foreclosure process is long. So this is just, just to be clear, right? If someone's in Texas, it's quick in Texas, right? In Connecticut, it's a long process. 
The goal for us is to have our virtual assistant track as soon as a sale date hits, boom, we get that lead. Our VA uh, skip traces them to get the, uh, the most accurate phone number we can get. They text and call them to see what, if they're interested in a cash offer. So at that point now, if they say yes, it goes to us. So as you can see, they're doing all the heavy lifting. If I had to do that, I'd stop doing it in 10, you know, in 10 days. <laughs> it's monotonous. It's every day. Right, right. I mean, everyone starting out has to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. When you get to a certain point where you now have enough money coming in, you need to start unloading some of these tasks to someone else so you can grow your business. Correct. And now back to what you described there. I'm, I'm wondering if, if two clients of yours in, are doing in, uh, work in the same market, are they competing or do you have some limit of how many spots you will allow in a certain market? No, great question. Um, we, if you have one, so we have a part-time, full-time model. Okay. So we make sure that one VA is not working with two clients in the same market. So if they're part-time, meaning if they're part-time, they'll work, you know, the morning shift for one client in Connecticut and then the other client's not going to live in Connecticut. Right. So there's no competition there. We don't track what systems somebody does. Like, for instance, if you if you're in Connecticut, um, so we have a bunch of uh, clients for us that live in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of different stuff and I'm sure there's overlap. But again, that's their business. I always say it's the 80 20 model. What you do in your business is we probably do 80 percent of the same stuff, but it's that 20 percent that you do is different than what I do as an investor. Does that make sense? So there's no, yep. there's no um, uh, conflict of interest there. Great question. Right, and that's what I was looking for because yeah. it's very easy, like some of the smaller VA company, you may have just a handful of VAs doing the same task for a handful of clients yep. competing in the same market. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah. who are you gonna give the leads to? Exactly. Yeah. You know, we don't play in that area. I don't, I don't know what other structures that other companies do, but um, that's a great question to ask. If you're, if you're looking at different companies, just, I would highly recommend ask exactly that question. Now, do you have um, some tips for like, if I have no clue what to offload to a VA, you give some example earlier, do you have some some tips of steps that you walk a new client through to know exactly what to outsource? Yeah. So, well, I could give you, if you, if you have a link, I could give you uh think Reva.com. So that's a hundred plus task list. I can, you okay. can take away. So if you're listeners go to think Reva, uh, R E V A.com, check that out. But what I do, I'll do the same thing. If we're, if we're going to role play, I would say, Hey V, um, tell me a little bit about your business. And then we start talking about your business. And I say, okay, walk me through some of the biggest pain points in your business. And that's going to lead you and guide you into that direction. Then mm-hmm. I would say, all right, walk me through some of those tasks that you feel that put money in your pocket, income producing tasks. And then walk me through the tasks that you feel are non-income producing. So now mm-hmm. we're building a story right now, right? You're building right. exactly what you need to do. Another example is what I highly recommend, and this is coming from some of the most successful investors, and this is something that we did in the 
short sale world back in 2004, five, six is we documented every single thing we did in our business. So if oh. you, yeah, if you document literally, it, this is, and I'll be honest with you, this is a pain in the butt to do, but it's going to change your business. If you look at your calendar and every day, every hour, do this for like two, three weeks. If you could identify every single thing you're doing for three weeks straight, you are going to build a story and you're going to realize what you started doing two or a week ago is probably not what you're consistently doing three weeks later. And you will find some holes on where majority of your time is getting taken up that is not putting money in your pocket. So that's just a, you know, kind of a, an exercise to go through. Okay. and. One thing I forgot to ask you earlier when you talk about ta different tasks that your uh, VA can do, um, one of them being social media uh, management. Yep. So do they come up with the content for you or they just post for you? Great question. There's some virtual assistant. It, it, you're talking about two different tasks, like two different. Um, so you have some virtual assistants that have that type of skill set, right? Mm -hmm. Or you have some, It's kind of just like here, to be honest with you. Um, if I have someone coming into my office and they're not good at content writing, they're not going to be good at content writing, right? <laughs> right. So it's the same kind of concept. It's it's who you're actually looking for. Some of our VAs do. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example. I have a virtual assistant that handles all of my content writing. They write all my articles. They post to LinkedIn. They splice my, like this video right here, we're going to, we'll promote it. We'll splice it up and do some, you know, kind of clips like this, and we'll put it up to our website. We'll put it up to LinkedIn. We'll put it up to Facebook. Um, so those are some of the things that we will do, or let me rephrase this: that my virtual assistant will do for me that I have no idea is getting done. So that's just an example of, um, you know, consistent social media management, social media posting. Got it. So, how do you pair up? Um, your client with your VA to make sure it's a good fit. For so, for instance, if I need someone to manage my social media platform and also write content, and as we just discussed, could be two different persons in your team. So then, am I hiring two part-time VA, or just you're gonna find someone that could fit this for me? Yeah, on that side of it, those are two different skill sets. So I would recommend hiring two part-time VAs, right? Because to find that unicorn is very difficult, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I would, that's what I would recommend. That's what I've seen the most success on. So just a little bit of our process. We have a recruiting team. And once the virtual assistants go through the process and they pass our recruiting team, then they go to our training team. So okay. our training team um, they train them for about a month. And then after that, they're ready to be released to our placements team, which exactly what you asked, how do we actually match the talent of the virtual assistant to the task of a new client coming in? Mm -hmm. So what we do is we do disc profiling as one of them, whatever their past resume is, what are their skill set? Are they great on the phone? You want a cold caller? We want to make, because we have scorecards as well that we grade every single one of our VAs. Are they very high aptitude on, on cold calling or very high in, in admin work, mm -hmm. right? Because those typically are not the same people. 
you got individuals that love being on the phone are typically different than individuals that want to do admin work, right? Right, right. And that's what I see a, a very big mistake that um, some investor agents, property managers um, make is that they think that it's a one size fit all, fits all. Mm -hmm. and, and that's not the fact. If it's not the fact here in the United States um, with someone coming to your office, it's not a fact anywhere because that's just human nature. It's just how people are and, and what their makeup is. Mm -hmm. Do you have a quality assurance process in your company? We do. We do. Yep. So Can we have about, about very, that. Yep. Very good question. So we have what we call client service managers. So as soon as placement team, our placement team um, picks the perfect VA to go with um, your, our clients, they go through three interviews. So they go, we, we uh, pick three VAs. So then our client doesn't have to, you know, look around for different VAs. We send this profile resume and then put them on um, three interviews. As soon as uh, a client picks the VA, they're placed with a client service manager who manages that relationship. Mm -hmm. And some of our clients uh, want our client service manager to listen into calls if they're doing phone work. Um, so they want them to do the QA to help them and always consistently coach them to get them better. So we do have that built in with, with our client service managers. And the, uh, the VAs that let's say I'm a client and I have this wholesale business that since we're talking about this, um, is the VA going to be like proactively go out and look for things to do? Like when they're done with whatever I assigned them. Are they now going to find something else to do? Or do I have to constantly say, hey, here's a new list, call all of them. And then here's a new list again. See, our client service manager will give you recommendations. So for instance, let's say you give them a, a list of a thousand, right? Perfect mm -hmm. example, right? You have a list of a thousand leads with phone numbers and your virtual assistant is done hammering through those lists, right? And you're like, all right, all right well, what am I going to have them do now? Right? So our right. service manager, so our client service manager is going to work directly with you, a client to say, hey, we've had some great success in our Zillow offer system, our Craigslist offer system, our Facebook offer system to also add on. Also, we're having great, um, and I'm just talking out loud. We also have uh, clients that are having great success on text messaging. So you could use that same list and use a text message platform to text message homeowners because maybe they didn't answer the phone. But guess what? Pick up their phone and, and look at it every 7,500 times a day, <laughs> whatever it is. Right. How do you like come up with all these processes that you train your VA on? This is a lot. years. Six years. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, uh, it's kind of fun. It's a great question. We, um, you know, when we, me and my partner, Pat, back in 05, helped start the short sale uh, education program, we were running the coaching program behind it. So we had to set up systems, processes, et cetera. And then 2007, we got approached by uh, another company. They were just starting out. Our buddies here in Connecticut uh, ended up turning out to be the one of the largest uh, coaching programs in existence today. We helped create the back-end coaching program and training program. And, you know, we just took or I just took that model, in essence, on how to train and, and what tasks are needed. Um, and I, we put it into a model to, to train virtual assistants. So, and it's a lot of stuff that I need in my own real estate business. So I do a lot of testing, kind of like the pre-foreclosure um, 
kind of hack I was talking about or tasks that you could actually have your virtual assistant do in Connecticut. So mm-hmm. anyone's listening from Connecticut, I highly recommend you do you just take that system. If you got your own VA or you guys take it because it's very, very good. And I'm just I'm just curious. The company, the big coaching company that you talk about, the founder, is he a safety for an NFL team? Someplace? Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> he was a good buddy of mine. Awesome. Oh. <laughs> awesome dude. My yeah. God, man. So you know this guy way back. I I saw him. He came to Denver, uh, spoke at an event here in 2009 just yep. by himself. Yep. And then all of a sudden I saw him took off and I'm like, well, okay, now I know why. Yep. You know, you help him put the back end together. Yeah, smart, extremely smart individuals. There's three partners. Um, and we actually met them. It's a funny story. So we met them uh, through our RIA group, Real Estate Investment Association here in Connecticut. And, uh, you know, we would always flip properties to them. They would call us to do short sales for them and with them. So there's a lot of synergy there. So it was easy for, you know, once uh, my business partner at the time and I were running the coaching program for short sales, it was mm-hmm. easy at that time to say, hey, you know what, we're just jumping in that industry. We're just starting up. Can you help us with the back end? And uh, there's just great team guys, great people. And I see a lot of that happen with sports guys like yourself. You play hockey and yeah. uh, with him play you know, in the NFL, obviously. You guys ha- have a lot of um, leadership quality and then you can have a lot of systems put in place very quickly. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things what I like about athletes is you know, when there's, when there's challenges that, that you need to overcome, a lot of athletes just plow right through them. Um, I don't know if it's, we're not smart or we're, I don't know if we're thick headed. I don't know what it is, but um, we're very resilient to be able to overcome challenges and, and, and still be able to think while challenges are, are smoking us in the face. That's that's awesome. Now, You've been in this industry for a long time. Could you share some common myth around hiring a VA? Yep. Um, a lot of myths are uh, their internet's choppy. They don't show up to work. How do you know if they're working? That's a big one. Uh, but it's, it's, that's a, a very good question. Um, some of the myths are um, uh, where am I going to find someone that's of quality, right? That mm-hmm. is good enough to actually do the tasks I need. And, and I can only, you know, a lot of people are very challenged on saying no one's going to do things better than me. You probably hear that a lot as well. Maybe, maybe you feel that sometimes. And I mm-hmm. felt that me personally as, a, as an investor until finally I tried a virtual assistant and said, you know what? They're actually better at that task than I am. So why the heck do I keep doing it? <laughs> but it just takes it just takes testing and, and faith that someone else, whether it's a virtual assistant, can do something better than you. Um, you know, those are those are. I mean, I know rattle off probably three or four of them. Now we're talking to Bob Lachan, owner of River Global LLC. You could check out his website at www.revaglobal.com. You can also reach out to his team by emailing sales at reva global.com or call 1-800-626-3236. Now, Bob, I appreciate you taking the time to educate my audience and also myself on hiring VA and and what are the proper steps to do. Now, before I let you go, what's your biggest challenge right now 
What's my biggest challenge? My biggest challenge is actually in my real estate investing company. I'm looking for a disposition person. So we have uh, we our acquisitions working very very well. We have our VA. Just to give you a little of the structure, we have our virtual mm -hmm. assistants that are driving leads, both setting appointments, engaging seller motivation. It goes to our acquisition team. Um, we have one disposition person. We want to add another one. Um, and we have a, a virtual assistant on the other side doing our transaction coordinating. So it's just adding one disposition person that we need in our team. Um, what type of person are you looking for? Maybe someone who's listening to the show want to apply. Someone who wants to work is not afraid to go in some some areas of town that are sometimes not the safest. We get a lot of business actually in areas that are, you know, not um, that are that are rougher, I should say. Uh, and we want people that, you know, don't complain, just work hard, and you know, want to run through a wall and want to work with a team. Um, we're big on team. Uh, my partner's a uh, an ex hockey player as well. Our, one of our acquisitions guys, a big football dude. So we got a we got a sports team here. Um, we're just looking for that one extra disposition person. Maybe you need a baseball guy. And we need there you go. We need a baseball guy. Perfect. Just bring it back with you. That's it. That's it. So <laughs> no, that's that's terrific. Now, Bob, um, could you share some other ways to connect with you? And also, do you have any parting words of wisdom for the audience? Sure, absolutely. Uh, a couple of ways to connect. You can email me direct as well. It's Bob at Reva Global, R-E-V-A Global. Um, we have a podcast on Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time called the Friday Coffee Break. Um, you can find us on that's on uh, that is on Facebook. So go to the Friday Coffee Break Unfiltered. It's pretty cool. It's myself, my old business partner um, and our chief marketing officer, uh, Amy, as well. Um, it's really cool. It's just an open Q&A. So we go for about 40 minutes. Pretty, pretty cool little uh, structure there. Um, and then you can find us on, you know, Reva Global on Facebook. Um, like I said, if you want the 100 task list, you could go to thinkreva.com as well. And um, any parting words, um, wherever you're at in your business, number one, if you're starting, just start and take action. If it's just that one thing you got to do, if you're looking and you're and you're dreaming about building your your buy and hold portfolio, start with one. You just gotta start. If you're looking at outsource, just follow what what you know you and I talked about on this podcast. Um, it'll take about you know two weeks to start identifying exactly what you're looking to do, and then take that step. Um, I guess the the moral of what I'm saying is. You got to take that step forward and just go. That's terrific. Again, you think that you are the best at doing whatever you are for your business, but I can guarantee you someone out there can beat you to that task. They are better, they're faster, they're consistent. So just make sure whatever you do, just, you know, give Bob a, uh, companies a chance. Just just check them out. Go to RevaGlobal.com. And, you know, just to find out more for yourself and see maybe you can start exploding your business. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time today, Bob. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That's the end of the show. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a five stars rating and review on iTunes for the Real Estate Lab podcast. Until next time, have a prolific week.